All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the blockhouse, middle of winter with Kelly. How's it going today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, wow. Coming in hot. Uh, (laughs) Wow. I wasn't really expecting that. (laughs) To be attacked? Yeah. So early on in the Uh, podcast? It is. It's early. It's early. I mean, we've been up for a while, but uh, yeah, it's a cloudy day, and we're here to talk about Bob Dylan. This is a Bob Dylan podcast, if you Mm -hmm. didn't know. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the atomic number of gold. Ooh. And this week, for the first time since our very first episode, we're returning to Love and Theft, and we're listening to The Great Cryola. Well, I had to go down and see a guy named Mr. Goldsmith. Nasty, dirty, double-crossing, backstabbing, phony, I didn't have to want to have to deal with, but I did it for you. So I think we're fine. It's not actively on fire. We're not actively on fire. Kelly, we spent the entire week listening to Cry a While off of 2001's Love and Theft. Before we get into the song and kind of go through verse by verse, what the hell is even going on? (laughs) How was your week with the song? How was your week in general? How's it been going, Kelly? (laughs) This is a podcast where we just talk about me. Well, this is uh, that, that was the idea. Oh, great. Well, um, you know, things have been okay. I've got a new obsession. I'm just buying all the Buffy merchandise. Well, comic books I can get my hands on. And, you should start a podcast. You know. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have thought about it, but I don't know. We'll see. It's, it doesn't feel like. doesn't feel right. Yeah. Who there's already that? There's already one out there. We don't need another. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wants to be I mean, number two? two? <laughs> and who needs two Bob Dylan podcasts or three or four or right. five? You know? okay. We only need one. Uh, the song is fine. It's a little boring. It's why boring? Just I don't know. It's not something I would. It, it's okay. So it's I'm trying blues. to. Think. It's yeah. got a different time signature too. It's it's like a classic blues riff that transitions to a little ska like upstroke thing. Yeah. And there's a, a lot of personnel on this one too. It seems as in later in his career he's like more people is better, which is fine. There's like three guitars. There's an organ. Yeah. There's uh, which is really subtle and cool. Drums obviously and uh, the bass, but it's like I don't know. His old later stuff, it just—I don't know. I—I I think you're kind of on to a little bit of something. I think I disagree with you in that it's maybe a little too much. But yeah, there's definitely a a shift in how he makes music. Because I mean, we listen to Tell Old Bill. That was them um, going into a studio as a touring band and then cutting a record. And Bob Dylan at this point had been on the Never Ending Tour for a long time. But he just in 97 released Time Out of Mind, his comeback, quote unquote, album. And this was the one right after it, which everyone was super excited for. So now that he's recording with his band, I think that there is a little bit of like, we're all a band now. Let's write music. I have these songs. We have this uh, chemistry. doesn't matter how many people are on it. Because you're right. There's a lot of people and on this song. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Budo's band just came out with a new album. Or they're, uh, they came out with a new single because their album's coming out soon. I recommended them a while ago, but yeah, they're really great at playing their instruments. They have saxes, they're like they're like a rock outfit kind of, but they have a lot of jazz yeah. influences, and they're just an instrument. Uh, they're just instrumentalists. They don't have vocals on their tracks at all, but it's really good, and they're great at playing their instruments. And I was just trying to think, like Bob Dylan won a Grammy in '97 instead of Radiohead, and not sure. that that was the race. It's just like I think Radiohead was doing something more interesting than than Bob Dylan was, just for me personally. So sure. I'm trying to like. 
all but you viewers... personally were 10 years old, so they, you were not a voting member of the <laughs> that Academy. That is true. And the Grammys, as we've established, not really the arbiter of like yeah, taste. and I know. But like obviously these people... So what, what do you... Okay, the Grammys aside, just that as a stand-in for merit, right? Yeah, yeah. Bob Dylan and his band are playing their instruments well. This is a technically they're, great song. They're a great, great band, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't grab me? Sure. Like, I, I don't know if it's the lyrical content, his voice, the... But I would say that there is a lot of similarities between this um, and Honest With Me. I mean, they, they're kind of just like straight-up blues rock songs with a bunch of lifted references mm-hmm. and lyrics. And I, I, that's Love and Theft. I mean, it's literally called Love and Theft. <laughs> and I think, I think if you kind of put yourself into that mindset, he is just... He's thieving. He's burglaring. Yeah. And 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 I think that is kind of what makes it kind of cool. Since we haven't talked about it in a long time, Kelly, this this album came out on September 11th, 2001. Awkward. Awkward, to say the least. Um, it was recorded on May 18th, 2001, this song in particular, in two takes, uh, the Clinton Recording Studios in New York City. Um, this was the, t- the 10th song recorded. So on some level, and I think even Honest With Me was later too, he was in a flow. They and cut I think it in two takes. He cut this one in two takes. Wow. So... And yeah, they. Uh, I think Clinton Highland talks about Clinton Halen talks about um, how unique that was. I mean, because he kind of labored over a couple of other songs, uh, like Mississippi in particular, one of my favorite songs, probably my favorite Bob Dylan song of all time, which is on this record. Uh, he cut that in multiple takes. You can listen to three different versions on Telltale Signs, mm. the Bullock Series Volume Eight. So the fact that he cut this quick tells me it, not only is it absolutely in their wheelhouse with this blues rock um but also he lyrically had an idea for this i mean this is probably something he's been sort of culling for a long time so he was ready to go um the album itself like i said september 11th 2001 which is weird in and of itself uh peaked at number five on the billboard 200 and it's been certified gold at this point first played the song october 10th 2001 so only a month from then uh and he last played it december 1st 2018 so good chance this number will not be relevant when you listen to this He's played 156 times total, so not a whole lot, but... A lot, considering it's not been out as long as all of his other stuff that he right. doesn't and, ever play. Right, and this, to me, would be a pretty fun song with the weird time signatures, which sure. we'll get to a little bit from now. In an interview conducted with Alan Jackson uh, for the New York Times Magazine in 2001, before this record was released, Bob Dylan said, quote, There are so-called connoisseurs of Bob Dylan's music. I don't feel like they know a thing or have any inkling of who I am or what I'm about. I know they think they do, and yet it's ludicrous, it's humorous, it's sad that such people have spent so much time thinking about who? Me? Get a life. (laughs) It's not something any person should do about another. You're not serving your life well. You're wasting your life. And with that, this is the end of Sign on the Window. (laughs) Bob Dylan, thank you very much for all of that. You're wasting your life talking about me. Wow, that cuts deep, right? It cuts deep. It cuts deep. And like, uh, you know, getting, you know, reading a lot of Bob Dylan books this year and kind of trying to get more into it than I was, you know, the previous two years. It, it's crazy. I mean, how many people have devoted a lot of their time? I mean, we've devoted a ton of time to Bob Dylan, not just yeah. listening, but also like engaging with it. And I think we engage with it in a in a productive way, in a constructive way. Instead of just sort of like lingering on his every word as if he's God or something like that. I think we do it constructively, at least. But if I were Bob Dylan, that's still, what a weird thing to do. Have somebody, I don't listen to you and pretend that they know you, you know? Crazy. So, we're going to pretend that we know Bob Dylan. (laughs) Uh, So, Kelly, let's talk about 
the song itself, if you're down for it. I guess. All right, so Kelly, before we get into the lyrical content of the song, which I think is probably the most interesting part, um, let's talk about the the music itself. As we've as we've said, it's kind of this blues riff into this kind of really ska beat, which mm-hmm. I love. I mean, the first time I heard it, especially being you know 15, 16 years old, I'm like, I know that shit. I, yeah. Like that, I connected a lot with this song back then. Um, we've got Bob Dylan on, on vocals, Larry Campbell on guitar. Uh, Charlie Sexton on guitar as well. Augie Myers. Um, on the record, he plays accordion, the Hammond B3 organ, the Vox organ. I didn't hear any organ in this. There, so it's really subtle. It's is it subtle? There, it's though, definitely yeah. there. Okay. Uh, Tony Garnier, of course, on bass. Uh, he's been with the band now for 20 plus years. Uh, David Kemper on drums. I don't think there's any bongos in this one. Uh, Clay Myers is on the bongos. Chris Shaw, we talked about him before, uh, is on the engineering portion. We talked about him with uh, Tell Old Bill. So he's been helping Bob. Bob is a producer, as Jack Frost, on... Uh, this record and every record since. What is this song about? That's that's kind of what I want to know. Uh, I think the overall flavor is the same in the different scenarios I dreamt up, but the, the details change a little bit. I definitely think it's about the narrator and a partner, um, maybe in crime and also a lover. Like they're definitely romantically entangled. So some up to me type of shit. Yeah, I think that like, this person, the, the narrator is maybe like a smuggler in one mm. of the iterations I thought uh and their person was like they're they're kind of a bonnie and clyde situation um but their partner would not stay around like they kept bucking them up and making like the narrator do all the dirty work and do all the heavy lifting as the they say and true uh they it went bad and it obviously ends with the narrator being like you know what fuck it i'm gonna kill you because i don't want to do this anymore uh or that i thought that maybe it's uh the narrator's talking got involved with a, a sex worker and then was pissed that they kept doing sex work. Like, uh, like I had to go talk to the, you know, Mr. Goldsmith, the, right. the pimp of sorts, if you will. Sure. And, uh, he's a dirty back stabbing, double crossing phony. I don't want to have to deal with. Exactly. I don't want to have to have to deal with Be having to deal with. Uh, and so like, you know, I'm going to take you out of this life and we're going to live together and it's going to be fine. And then it turns out you're fucking Don Pablito or whatever on your <laughs> Don booty Pasquella. call. There we go. On your booty call, which the words, the fact call, that I, the I, fact that Bob Dylan has said booty call as a real him? thing. Who I, told him those words? I love it. I love it. I can't I'm it. so here for that. Oh, God. 100% my favorite part. Like, and and also the craziest thing I've ever heard Bob Dylan say. Yeah, which is saying something. Because... Which is saying something. He said some crazy <laughs> ass shit. So See did... all the episodes. Last night across the alley I was a pounding on the wall It must have been Don Pasquale Making it to me in booty gone so I think it could be that where he really got super into this person and was mm. convinced that I can change you, I can break you out of this life, and then they continued to do what they were doing, and he got unreasonably pissed off and was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to kill you." Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, say most of the textual stuff. I mean, I like your story. Most of this is nonsense. Most of this makes no sense. Uh, maybe. I mean. In reality, I don't even know what's happening. I was curious, like, who's the horse? Is the horse Bob Dylan? Like, you thought you could trust me, you know, or the narrator. You thought you could trust me, but girl, you were wrong because you're about to get got. That's Uh, good. That's good. Or is the horse that you that like was the the person he was into double like uh, double crossing him, right? Either in business, like we're smugglers, we're going down the Denver road with our drugs, blah blah blah, and they they turn on him, and like so you bet on that other horse. Well, guess what? I found out 
you're gonna get got or um it, it was a romantic situation where like you thought you know you could get out of this life get out of this relationship well i'll show you, I'll show you. Yeah. what if i told you that it means nothing that, that it means nothing <laughs> yeah. and that he stole pretty much all of these lyrics from other folk songs what if i told you that i would say not the first not the last not the first not the last let's go through and i'll just kind of point them out as we go sure uh this is a uh, pretty standard information available if you've uh, picked up anything by clinton highland i always say highland it's Halen. literally hey is right in his name hey hey Lynn. <laughs> i just need to keep saying his name every day Halen. just Halen. 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 all right this is all pretty standard information. If you picked up by anything, uh, picked up anything by Clinton, if you picked up anything by Clinton Halen, uh, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot of this sort of information uh, online as well. Uh, if you go to uh, sotwpod.com, you can see our show notes. Uh, I've linked to a, a bunch of websites that have really great analysis that we're not gonna go super deep on, but we're gonna kind of skim the surface. But we'll start right at the beginning. So we have Mr. Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. What a weird character to be introduced to right away. New character. I always thought I always <laughs> thought that this song was going to be about like that. You know, right off the bat, you're like, oh, Mr. Goldsmith. I've listened to Black Diamond Bay. I've listened to Little oh, Rosemary sure. and the and the Jack of Hearts. This is a guy I need to know. No. No more. <laughs> this song is just basically like, I have lots of knowledge of blues from the nineteen twenties. Right. If I knew that, Bob, I wouldn't invest so much time into this song. But I love that Bob Dylan is kind of doing some of the stuff that he's famous for, which is like filling the structure of the song with a lot of words, like doing crazy work inside of it. Like when he does the nasty, dirty, double cross and backstab and phony, I didn't want to have to deal with. Yeah, that's good. That's a, a boom. That's a big chunk. That's something akin to Ballad of a Thin Man when he says, um, we all give it check to tax deductible charity organizations, like filling that into what was, you know, not the structure of the song, but you sort of fill it out and then you cut right back into it is wonderful. Um, and last week we talked, I mean, two weeks ago, sorry, two weeks ago, we talked about stagger Lee. Every time you're talking about stuff now, I'm thinking, could stagger Lee be a part of the <laughs> song? And stagger Lee is famous for having so many different versions that do the same sort of thing and put him into stuff and then sort of like stretch the bounds of the song. So I don't know, maybe Sagerly is a part of this, but we get that great refrain. Well, I cried for you. Now it's your turn to cry a while. That refrain has been in tons of stuff. Uh, it started out in Tommy Johnson's big road blues. Lord, I ain't going down this big road by myself. If I don't carry you going to carry someone else so that the structure of the song is sort of comes from that 1928 song by Tommy Johnson. But then the line probably comes from um, Billie Holiday covering, you know, I cried for you. Now it's your turn to cry over me, which is on our playlist. Uh, Clinton Halen uh, suggests that the title alone was kind of the the impetus for the the chorus, the refrain throughout the entire song. For me, I was thinking when I was listening to Bill Ho- Billy Holiday's version, if Bob Dylan didn't take that and use it for Love and Theft, I thought he would have used it on triplicate. I feel like he would have oh, covered yeah, sure. 
this song. And there's a line uh, omitted, uh, apparently, from the standard, I cried for you, now it's your turn to cry over me. Billie Holiday was not the first person to do that. It was not written by her. Uh, one of one of the you know verses get lost in the years, and when they become sort of famous and traditional, we sort of sing those songs, kind of like um, Woody Guthrie's um, This Land is Your oh, Land. Sure. You know, we lose the good verses we we kind of pick up the the schmaltzy bullshit verses uh this is this is the case as well um back in the day in the 20s before it became like standardized there was a line that all you did was laugh at me which is kind of uh some people see it as bob dylan commenting on that line by doing the all you gave me was a smile you know Mm -hmm. sort of like doing doing a little bit of legwork like that um implying that dylan knows those early versions and i think this song is nothing but I've listened oh, to all of these knows. songs yeah. forever. Yeah, the um that Big Road Blues song is really interesting musically because it like the strum pattern goes up a chromatic scale kind of, which oh, I nice. which you don't usually use because it's not a super pleasant sound because you're throwing in sharps and, and minors and into what's usually like a major scale. When you're like going up a scale, it's usually pretty, you know. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so to have a chromatic scale uh, in a in a blues song, not that it doesn't fit and it works totally in the song, was was cool to yeah. hear that, especially since the way that that this song evolves, um, or the other version of the song that we have on here. Played. Yeah. Burning going down big road by myself. Why don't you hear me talking? Putting mama loading going down big road by myself. If I don't care, you gon' care somebody then after that, you know, I don't carry dead weight. I'm no flash in the pan. All right, I'll set you straight. Can't you see? I'm a union man. Um, I'm letting the cat out of the cage. I'm keeping a low pro- profile. I cried for you. Now it's your turn to cry a while. Cat out of the cage. Who's the cat? Not out of the bag. Out of the bag, right, because you let the cat out of the bag. That doesn't, eh, there's no rhyme. He could have said back. Could have. Bob, answer for yourself. <laughs> uh, the the next verse, feeling like a fighting rooster, better than I've ever felt, is from the 1927 song by Lonnie Johnson and Victoria Spivey, the Dopehead Blues. That um, song is great. It's pretty great. And it's on our playlist too, sotwpod.com, or search, see that my playlist is kept clean, mm-hmm. and you can listen to that great version. But yeah, feeling like a fighting rooster, better than I've ever felt. A lot of this song, apparently, if you start getting into it, is just about sex. Everything is about uh, again, because he's commenting on the blues itself and the love and theft part, right. he's taking those 20s blues and all of it is just dripping with sex. But I know. It's, but it's all innuendo. So everything here, fighting rooster, you know, cock, uh, better than I've ever felt, you know. And then I love the Pennsylvania lines, an awful mess, and the Denver road is about to melt. What does that even mean? I don't know. No one knows. That's fucking amazing. Uh, I went to the church house is from the Mississippi Sheiks. Stop and listen blues number two from 1930. Super cool. So yeah, this has that ska riff in it, and I was like, "Holy shit, ska's coming from the 1920s! This is zero wave ska, proto ska." Yes, zero wave, <laughs> the best wave of ska. But I was really I like this is this was a cool little moment just hearing this song because of how much we've been doing like history. Just yeah, because the couple of songs we've gotten this Zachary year, Lee right? yeah, girl from the country, yeah. So to hear that riff from the fucking 20s, like I don't know. I mean, people 
go nuts for like the specials and stuff all the way back in the in the first wave but it's like no dude yeah the was... runners you're like in the 60s but let's go back 40 more years mm-hmm. like that's wild i didn't think the specials they might have been 80s i can't remember but like the oh, old shit. dubstep oh dear, yeah. Not dub, yeah the old dub music from like straight up from the caribbean yeah. and stuff that was well but even the runners we talked about wrong and boyo we mm-hmm. talked about the clash yeah they, you know the runners were that yeah they you know? fit that yeah yeah which was 67 i think yeah so. but 20s 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 when I left town this morning, I was on my way back home. Now don't you? I am in talking pretty mama. When I left town this morning, I was on my way back home. I heard the making a Last night, cross the alley, there was a pounding on the walls. It must have been Doc. It must have been Doc Pasquale making that two a.m. booty call. Gross. Clinton Halen says, "Quote: At the same time, he recovered his sense of humor, which we can debate that because you don't like the booty call part. <laughs> uh, sending up a plot, so it is from an opera. Is it? It is the word booty call. No, Doc- <laughs> Don Pasquale. Don Pasquale, but I think it's Don Pasquale is the character in the Don Zanetti opera." So he took him out of it. And apparently he's somebody who's just trying to trying to convince through money. And he's lonely. He wants somebody. Um, so that's the character who's basically going for that 2 a.m. booty call um, from this long ago opera. So that's <laughs> interesting and fun. Um, and then we, we keep going on with the song. I'm on the fringes of the night fighting back tears I can't control. Some say they ain't human. They ain't got no heart or soul. Well, I'm crying to the Lord. I'm trying to be meek and mild. Cried for you. Now it's your turn to cry a while. Um, and then we get to the part where there's preachers in the pulpits, babies in the cribs. And then I'm longing for that sweet fat that sticks to your ribs. That's a straight blues trope, too. Oh, yeah. Apparently. So the the sweet fat that sticks to your ribs is just a voluptuous woman. Some people don't like the, I'm going to buy you a barrel of whiskey. I'll die before I turn senile. I don't know why. I love that line. It's almost like the who, you know, I, I want to die before I get old. You yeah. Know? I love it. Well, see, that's why the fat sticking to the ribs. I did not know it was about a lady. Right. I thought it was desperation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, no, not okay. <laughs> like, I like it as a metaphor for somebody who's like hungry, not physically, mm. but like, I am going to get this money. I'm going to get this drugs or I'm like, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, I need it. I'm going to kill you. Wow. So, uh, the, the whiskey thing, I was like, I'm going to down a barrel of fucking whiskey and nice. I'm going to come and get your ass and they'll kill me for it or what? whatever, but I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I never, I didn't read it as cholesterol, but I did read it as like the good life. Like right. yeah. I want to, you know, just basically like be a, an old fashioned king where I have all the stuff and I'm just right. going to eat until I explode. That kind of thing. Yeah. But I love it. I love the idea. It's a great line. St- sticking to your ribs, but then it's like sex and i'm like bob no no you're too old stop Stop it (laughs) please stop and then the final line you know well you bet on the horse and it ran the wrong way i always said you'd be sorry and today could be the day i might need a good lawyer could be your funeral my trial well i cried for you now it's your turn to cry a while that's a direct reference from your funeral of my trial by sunny boy williams in the second otis span on piano willie dixon on bass uh quote well, you bet on the wrong horse and it ran the wrong way. I always said you'd be sorry and today could be the day. You might need a good lawyer. Could be your friend. 
could be your funeral, my trial. Well, I cried for you. Now it's your turn. You can cry while literally the same verse. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know. I the fact that I could pull together a narrative seems to like he arranged the pieces in a way that weren't completely arbitrary. Like yeah. it doesn't, it's not a different song from one verse to the next. As Bob Dylan has been litigated against, arranged for Bob Dylan is definitely not enough. But yes, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, you're totally right. I mean, and that's the thing with love and theft that people still get really upset about is that level of uh, using other things. We haven't gotten into sort of Japanese artists that he sort of calls from. Um, we'll get to that later mm. when it's more relevant. Because that that one's a little harder. Like when you're taking from the blues tradition, you almost get a pass because where are they getting it from? It's a tradition. But when you start taking from contemporary sources, you tar- start taking from modern poets and stuff like that, then we're talking like this is a little bit more sketchy because these people are like still living. These people right. are still around. This is not really an homage anymore. It's more of a Theft. theft yeah so this part is all of these i mean this donzanetti opera is from the 1700s like all of this stuff is really cool because it's all and it's probably in a way that that bob dylan quote before where he's like you don't know me it's true we probably don't know where he's getting some of this stuff but i wouldn't be shocked if every line in here is pulled from somewhere else hmm. you know just some random Random folk song. So there's a couple of um, a couple of sources that I did not go that deep into, but uh, there's apparently a few other lines that we're not going to go over that are directly referenced to other works. So if you want to check that out, go to sotwpod.com, and you can check that out um, and get deeper into this song. But for me, this song has always been just a banger. And it's all very personal for me. Um, I, I, it's hard for me, especially with Love and Theft, because this was so close to when I started listening to Dylan in 2003, 2004, when I was 15, 16 years old. So this was the newest album. This was pre-modern times. So like for me, this was the newest thing. Mm. And it was also the, fu- I mean, oh my God, he's so good. And then diving into that back catalog was one of the greatest moments of my life. Because some of those songs mean so much to me. Is this song relevant in 2019 is what I'm getting at. abso fucking it is. I think this song is awesome. It's Zero Wave Ska. Mixed with 20s blues, mixed with like references galore. If anything, I hope people listen to our playlist and kind of listen to these old artists. Like our playlist is a banger, award winning, I would say. So Kelly, I mean, would you recommend this to somebody uh, in 2019? Of all the Bob Dylan songs we've listened to, especially the ones recently, we've listened to Triplicate at length. We've listened to Honest With Me. That was a long fucking time ago. Yeah. So it's a hard one to go. Spirit on the Water is probably a, a closer one. We've done Pan Blood from 2012 and we've done Soon After Midnight, the classic Murder Bob. That's why I try to stress that musically, this is a technically great song. Yeah. However, I would. I don't think I'd recommend this to somebody unless they enjoyed blues rock because I don't think I would go back and listen to this personally unless for some reason I was like, I gotta listen to some blues rock right now. Uh, I do prefer honest with me i just if we're going track for track i, I think honest with me is a better I do more too. captivating song uh but yeah i i don't know it's not, not for me and yeah. if i were to recommend bob dylan to somebody like i <laughs> you can't do it like there's no you'll like maybe this album or this collection of <laughs> no, songs but it's impossible but you, 
how to recommend Bob Dylan as an artist to somebody like go and listen to these thousand songs. Yeah. Everyone will be what you are into. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, half of them will be. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> like you can't. So three so, fourths you'll be repulsed by. So I, I met somebody who was like maybe even interested in the Black Keys or something like, oh, if you want to listen to oh, some yeah. interesting blues rock, Bob Dylan. Later in his career. Later in his career. <laughs> he, uh, he was into that shit. And then so. that person would hopefully say, oh, I already know about Bob Dylan. Yeah. Bob Dylan's such an interesting character. Like, that's something I can't even wrap my head around. Just, like, how do people find it? How do they explore it? I only know yeah. my personal story. I mean, yours, if you didn't have this podcast, you wouldn't you wouldn't have listened to any of this. You no. Know? Probably never. And that's Unless, interesting. I mean, like, I listen to a lot of music Incidentally. just you put it on. And I'd be like, oh, what is this? And yeah. then get into it. But... You, would, but you would have been drawn to the same. You would have been drawn to the boots and the yeah, exactly. And you would have heard those, and you would have already had playlists in mind for them. This one's right. hard because it's not playlist ready. It's not Seven Curses Expanded Universe. It's right. not. It doesn't really sit anywhere, but it sits well on Love and Theft, the whole. So once we listen to the record, yeah, it'll be cool it. to go back and like see how it all fits because yeah. it's a very good up and down record. But as far as the the song itself, does it work today? Uh, I would say yes. In that, like you said, production's great. Music itself is technically great. Uh, and when you're tapping into blues, you get this benefit of, like, you're having a modern sound because it's blue rock, but then also a timeless sound because you're dipping back into the past. And you could have Bob's vocals be kind of crazy because you're almost like, oh, yeah, you're 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 pulling something. Even if you don't listen to Bob Dylan, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that actually works. So it, it definitely doesn't have an aged feeling to it. And he says booty call. Oh, Jesus. Still, that is the only thing that maybe puts a timestamp on it in the most negative way. Oh no! Do people not say booty call anymore? I guess we're Netflix and chill. So the two a.m. Netflix and chill, right? I don't know whether people say booty call anymore, but I know I don't say booty call. I might need a good lawyer. Could be a funeral mantrum. All right, Kelly, so that is Cry A While, episode 79. Love and Theft, one of my favorite records of all time. Cannot wait to get more of them. But we're also a real podcast. I think that's important for you to know and for everyone to know. You can follow us everywhere. I would recommend following us on iTunes, following us on Spotify. You can find us at Sign on the Window. Just type it in. You know, that's how it works. Tell your friends. Tell your family. They would love this. I guarantee you. You're thinking of uh, birthday gifts, Christmas gifts. This is this is what you want. If you're looking to follow us more intimately, we are on everything. SOTW pod everywhere at Twitter, at Facebook. You can be like our boy Tubbs. That's right. At, yo, it's Tubbs. He said, quote, this podcast is excellent. The episode of John Wesley Harding, episode 27, gave me a new appreciation of that album. Keep it going. Heck well, Tubbs. Yeah. We're going. We are going. We are a good 50 episodes from John. The, the heyday oh, wow. in the bunker. I mean, can you imagine? Can we were you, just children then. Can you still see the bunker? Is it even a visualization that we still have? No. Blockhouse for life. I don't even know. Blockhouse for life. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. And if you want to donate any money uh, to pay for our costs, be like our boy Sam. SOTW pod before the words patreon.com <laughs> boom <laughs> literally sotw pod everywhere you type that into google i'm sure you're going to find a lot of stuff there and if you want to be like tubs yo it's tubs <laughs> be like tubs
And in addition to all of that stuff at SOTW Pod, something that's not SOTW Pod related but is adjacent to this podcast, which is Sign on the Window Whoa. related, we have a playlist on Spotify, and it's lovely. You can follow along weekly if you search See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean. Follow along. We're going to update that every time we're about to release a new record, every time we're about to release a new episode, and you can then listen to our playlist that we make to listen to this, the song or whatever it is that we're doing for the week. This playlist in particular was excellent, as always. Welcome back to the playlist, Carolyn Rose, Jeff Rosenstock, of course, Waves, The Beatles, A Wilhelm Scream, Lil Wayne, Prince, She and Him, Run the Jewels, and TV on the Radio. Welcome to the playlist for the very first time, The White Wires, hmm. Grizzly Bear, Vic Damone, who was in our uh, RIP 2007-2018 playlist, Title Fight, new record coming out soon, Pennywise, that was your selection, kind of <laughs> crazy, Roy Orbison, I think for the first time, of the Traveling Wilburys, uh, Gene Aiko, Angel Hayes from back in 2013, Stained? That's right. That's right. I, I uh, <clears throat> threw up a little bit in my mouth saying that. To blame. That's my fault. Uh, Man- and then we end with Jesus. Uh, we end with Magnolia Electric Company. R.I.P. Jason Molina. Great bands. Uh, apologizing for Stained. That is a direct apology <laughs> for the stain that happened. And then if you go after that, you're going to get Sunny Boy Williamson the second, Billy Holiday, Victoria Spivey, uh, Mississippi Sheiks, and Tommy Johnson, who we talked about today on the playlist. I thought it was an excellent playlist. Obviously. That's good. Kelly, we're also people in the world. We listen to this playlist a ton, but we also have our own lives outside of the blockhouse. What were you doing this week? Uh, going back into the classics, inspired by our playlist. Uh, just listening to all of TV on the radio again. What a good fucking band. I got returned to Cookie Mountain shortly after it came out. Right. Um, Everybody did. It was a it was a huge thing. I saw a video the, the for Wolf Like Me, the single off the album, totally. and I was like, what is this? Uh-huh. And it was so good and so unique. And yes. I just forget how they're great musicians and really experimental. They're like an art group. And yeah. it's just fucking great. It just Especially their earlier stuff. He was like looping his own vocal. He just does all acapella song. And like, uh, I didn't realize that the guitarist for... Um, the yeah, 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 played with them briefly. And on their first Damn. or second record, they do a cover of Modern Romance, which is like my favorite Yeah, Yeah, yeah song. Man. And it's so good. And now he's with Better Community, Better Oblivion Community Center, the guitarist. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude gets mad. Uh, so go listen to TV on the radio. I've been listening to Hop Along a lot since Daniel bought me a b- ticket for my birthday well, to go see the pop tickets. So, yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. Lots of shows coming out. Hop Along's great. Uh, and then I've been watching The Assassination of Johnny Versace, which is the Ryan Murphy uh, next anthology to American Crime Story, which he did OJ, and then he did Versace. It's really good. It's colorful. It's great. It's um, really captivating. So I would definitely recommend that. You're almost done. Almost done. I think I'm on like, the second last episode, but it's really good. Sweet. I would recommend two very simple things. One, we're rewatching The Wire. Yeah. He's never seen it before. So we're doing that every weekend before we record. So 
you know, if we slip some Baltimore stuff in here, don't <laughs> don't sweat out. I'm from Northern Virginia. I got it. I got it. I know about those crab uh, chips. Don't worry about it. And then something unbeknownst to me is that Scrambles, the bomb the music industry record from yeah. 2009, turned 10 yeah. a day or two ago. And Jeff Rosenstock had this wonderful Instagram post about it talking about his life back then and how this was really the catalyst for what he became. As you know, Jeff Rosenstock's post number one record of last year, Antarctica Vespucci, who he's a part of was number 10 in that. I didn't know how great this record would have been because it came out near the end of the year, but I still fucking ride and die for them. If he was ever coming here, I would go to the show. He's literally (laughs) on this week's playlist because that's just the way it's going to be. And scrambles is such a, an important record for me as well. 2009 was like a a transitional year for me moving to Kansas and getting a record like this and being able to share that with people that I met in Lawrence. Like this thing was so crazy good. I don't really like ska. And this is like the threading that line between they used to be a very heavy ska band Mm. into what would become, I think their masterpiece in 2011, which is vacation. This is right before that. And he notes in his Instagram post that without this record, you know, I don't know if I'd be doing all this stuff. He's writing songs for Cartoon Network shows, Post and uh, Worry was the record of the year for USA Today. You know, like, and it's weird to think that this guy who wrote these songs is that guy. But man, Scrambles, uh, if you go to his... um, if you go to his uh, Twitter or his Instagram, you can download the zip file of the demos. He released the demos uh, of these songs, you know, and, and that might not interest you if you've never heard Scrambles, but I recommend the record. But the demos are really cool because it's just him playing a guitar, really, hmm. and sort of form, you know, formulating these songs that became iconic, every single one of them. Well, Jeff Rosenstock again, <laughs> as always. All right, Kelly, we've reached the end of the podcast. Sad. Sad. But next week promises new things. We will delete Cry a While from our long list, which you can see at our website. Again, SOTW Pod. I don't think I even said SOTW Pod, my friends. You can go there for all your Bob Dylan needs. Remember, BobDylan.com is a sham. <laughs> 432 songs after we deleted cry a while kelly one out of 432 what you got oh is this what we're doing doing it for now yeah oh i, I was not prepared i always feel like i pick a number in the you 200s. really just have to pick a number it's and, harder and than prepared. 103 103 oh my 103. god all right kelly has chosen 103 in a different timeline in a different world we would be li- going back to the basement tapes we'd be listening to a song called too much of nothing Two takes of Too that. Much. Nothing. That's a mushroom head song. Sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> wow. So that will unfortunately make the playlist on some future episode. And I apologize. 42 is the right answer. 42. Kelly, we are going to an unreleased Bob Dylan song until 1991 on the bootleg series volume one through three. I think this is from 1962, 63. 
We're going to Kingsport Town, hmm. which is in Tennessee, right on the border of Virginia. I've been to Kingsport. Oh. There might be a prison there. Oh. I don't know a lot about it, but we're going to get to the bottom, Kelly. You're going to look up Kingsport next week, and we are going to... <laughs> we're going to go there. Cool. So Kingsport Town next week. Kelly, it's been a pleasure. As always. I hope you enjoy the rest of your next week. Well, I'll try. Thanks. And we'll listen to some Tennessee songs. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.